Welcome to What's Your Beef? What's Your Beef is proudly supported by Suncorp Bank, helping local producers through the ups and downs since 1902. Each week we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy and this is What's Your Beef? Today we're with Russell Lethbridge, well known in the Australian beef industry for any number of reasons. A cattle producer from north of Huendon, but also with properties elsewhere, which of course we'll get to, and various roles uh, in industry groups, including MLA. But I guess thank you very much for joining us, Russell, here at Wambiana. Great to catch up, Jane, yeah. and uh, a lovely day to be here, having a look at some Valuable R&D that's been going on for a number of years. Yeah, well, I think, you know, and we might touch on this in a bit, but, you know, we're at Wambiana, which is one of the longest running, it is the longest running. 23 years or something. Yeah, trial with the Department of Primary Industries and looking at any number of things. But what's your takeaway from today? Oh, look, uh, Jane, it's very difficult to generalise with what's been learnt from here. There's been many, many learnings. I guess far and beyond beef cattle production here, um, biodiversity, all that sort of thing. Research is a funny animal for me in that um, quite often you find out what not to do at times and so that's just as important as finding out what to do. Well, yeah, if you work out what you don't like, it's as important as what you do My like. My word, it is. Yeah. So to, st- to, to stay stumbling in the future, you know, so... Um, it's it's been a wonderful trial and and probably will take a, a turn um, maybe look at some alternate uh, regimes in the future that'll be talked about soon but um, to me it's been extremely beneficial I've been following it very closely this is my third visit to Wambiana to see it and um, it's it's given um, not as I said before not just the beef cattle industry a chance to have a look at um, what's going on but environmentally the whole the whole plethora of research there's been uh, the universities had access to this site sorrow sorrow mm, yeah. the whole shit well it, absolutely and the fact that it's been going for so long you they've been able to measure some really extraordinary factors i guess in that and you know you just don't wouldn't see the results if it wasn't over that period of time but then of course the conversation we're having now is relevance and it's probably not a conversation for now but um you know it, it, how much can you learn from from an agricultural study like this you can learn an enormous amount it's um uh, this trial has been run throughout the trial. There's been two periods of extreme dry periods in there, which there's not too many producers in Queensland that haven't experienced that at home themselves. So, measuring what's come out of that, um, the recovery of the land or the lack of recovery after those periods, uh, that's vital information that um, we we all need to heed because it's not the last time it's going to get dry. No, exactly, exactly. And, you know, the, resu- we, the results to come out of that, again, are just amazing. But we will press pause on that a little bit, and I guess we're here to talk about you, actually. Um, and I think, you know, um, most beef producers would know your name, but where did, where, where did it all start? Because, you know, we forget about where people come from every now and then. So tell us a little about about Warrington about growing up there and what made you want to stay in that family business 
the Lesbridge family has has had an association, a direct association with Warrington, for about 126 years now. So um, I'm the fourth generation there. So my daughters, I've got two grandchildren. So there's six generations involved in the place. Has been. Um, uh, sometimes I wonder whether we're very hard-headed or. <laughs> or we display good judgment for still being there, but it's it's been a um, a wonderful journey. I I live and breathe the cattle industry. That's that's what I do. That's why I do it. Um, I have been away looking at the industry in the UK and the US, and um, been I've worked um, throughout CQ and North Queensland and. Yeah, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than than raising breeders in North Queensland. It's got its challenges, but by gee, it's got its rewards. And uh, I'm the eternal optimist, I guess, uh, and I I really am. I I have um, great aspirations for this industry, and uh, and I know that um, we can all all be very uh, profitable and uh, and turn out good environmental outcomes and animal welfare outcomes and all those things. And uh, I guess um, that's what's driven me to, to, to get involved in the, uh, the outside, the extension to the industry bodies um, to try and help make that happen. When you, you said, you know, you've got the sixth generation on the ground now, um, when you were having that conversation with your children, I guess you're coming from, as we said, a long family tradition and knowing what you do about the industry, keeping in mind you're an optimist, is it tradition or is it absolute uh, commitment to an industry for that next generation when there's so many things coming against us? No, it's tradition. Um, we left that along, left that go by the way sort of a long time ago, Jane. Um, uh, I, I've always been encouraged and as I've encouraged uh, the next generation um, to, yeah, let let history be history, and let's let's carve our own way and pave our own way, uh, and and always be mindful of of better, alternative, um, innovative ways we can improve what we're doing. And you joined the MLA board as an industry rep or a producer rep and have served a number of terms there. What prompted you to take that next level and, and represent the industry at that level? Obviously, I don't have all the answers. However, I do have an understanding of the, uh, I guess, the, the workings of, of raising beef cattle in North Australia um, right across uh, to, to the WA, etc. It's it doesn't change greatly, uh, and I, I have a built built-in desire to always remain at the forefront forefront of of production. So it's production that gets me out of bed, and uh, with at the same time as um, adopting innovative ways to to be efficient. There is only one way that we will survive as an industry and to be to adopt efficiencies across everything that we do. At this point in time, our, our industry isn't good at adopting and uh, in, in a lot of ways, I guess I thought I could lead by example to um, 
help the industry adopt practices. And that was obviously a lot harder than you thought it was going to be. <laughs> certainly, certainly is. But yeah. but when, when you look at the um, what's happened to our industry over the last thirty years, thirty five years, the the figures are encouraging um, with what we've been able to achieve with reproduction rates and and less mortalities, all those sorts of things that add to everyone's bottom line. You've got to look at those trend lines, I guess, to reassure ourselves that we've done a pretty damn good job. Probably do a better one, but that still <laughs> leaves room for the future, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that's right. Always room for improvement. Uh, do you get? Do you think that the average producer in Australia understands the depth and scope of what MLA does? Are they good at communicating the work they're doing? Obviously, we can always do it better. I think there's adequate communication um, put out there if you want to um, find it. And so people have to take it on themselves. If you want to get better, if you want to learn, you have well, to look at it too. You, you definitely have to be willing to go and, and seek out what you need. Uh, and and re- I think it's a responsibility of being in business to stay informed um, of, of what, what's going on in the industry uh, from from the production right through to... Um, marketing, and even more so today, we all should play a role in um, in promoting what we do, the, the good sides of it to to the, I guess to the to, to the people in in, in our communities that um, are, are trying to talk down agriculture. So is that is that a role for individual producers or landholders, or is that something that can be done better? by some of these industry bodies because I guess and I ask you that because I've had this conversation with a lot of people on this podcast and the answer's always been yeah we can do a great job individually but it'd be great if the industry groups also took on that better. Look organisations like MLA currently do an enormous amount of promotional work to to do with nutrition, environment, everything else Um, and but I think I'm firmly of the belief that every single producer should be doing their bit to promote the the good sides of our industry and what we do, um, producing a wonderful product for people to enjoy and Mm. have nutrition in their lives. So it's time that people stop using the excuse, I'm too busy, because it actually should be part of your business plan as much as... My word it is, um, Jane, I'll put my hand up, I'm not a big social media. I was going to say, I'm going to go and stalk you on Facebook now and see exactly <laughs> no, yeah. how much you've been doing. But but, um, <laughs> but th- that is an extremely cost-effective, hard-hitting way of getting a message through and, if, and, and everybody can do that. What do you see as the biggest challenges coming, coming at us at the moment? You know, we've touched on why you're there, what you enjoy producing. We're at Wambiana at one of the longest-standing trials looking at, you know, more rain in a shorter amount of time frames and how you can grow grass in a production system. So It's definitely going to be dealing with environmental factors and also the people pushing environmental agendas. There's no doubt about that. And we have got to be on the forefront with solutions to make these environmental outcomes better, more favourable um, if, if, you know, if our... Wet seasons are going to be shorter and sharper, then we need to learn how to operate within that environment. And again, that's up to people to seek out information. That that information's currently a bit there and being worked on? My word, it is. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's lots and lots of uh, 
R&D that's, that's currently out there sitting on the table ready to be taken up. It's, it's shovel-ready, if you like. <laughs> shovel-ready, that's a good term, I like that. So what do you think about, you know, we hear sustainability thrown around and it is thrown around and, you know, so many different interpretations of it, but it is a, it's a real thing for the beef industry. You look at the banking sector and the considerations being made for our industry with it. What does it mean to you? To me, it means leaving the, the resource that I currently enjoy um, running livestock on in, in a better state for the next generation to do that and then in a better state again. Um, so to me, if, if, if that's the environment that... Um, uh, that, that to me, that's sustainability. So in, in underneath that, there's all the different things we have to consider to make that happen. So yeah. if that's the overarching goal, and it goes right through to everything we do on a daily daily basis within our businesses with handling livestock, and it, it has all... More and more we're coming under scrutiny. And to be quite honest with you, the, the scrutiny probably shouldn't always be looked down upon. Um, there's quite often there's production gains to be had um, by doing things that are sustainable. So when you're when you're saying that, so things like the sustainability framework and the, that kind of issues coming into the industry at the moment, a lot of the argument around that is is scrutiny and you know getting people to report exactly what's going on. Is that is that workable? Do you think that will become more acceptable as people understand the benefits at the other end? Look, Jane, I don't think there's anything to be frightened of because the majority of the industry really is doing a great job, and if you're if you're one of those, then keep doing what you're doing and don't worry about all the noise around that. Um, however, the, there, there is a fair sector of our industry that, that probably needs a bit of a shake-up. Um, but you know, there's, I'm pleased to say that most of our industry are doing a wonderful job. Mm. And um, should be, this is one way of being able to prove that. My word. Mm. It's, um, so... Yeah, most of the industry is absolutely needs a big pat on the back for doing a great job. Okay. I want to sort of shift gears a little bit and talk a bit. You're, you know, I want to talk about, I guess, the way that you've involved your family in succession and I think, you know, that transition is, is very commendable. But going on with bodies such as the Advancing Beef Leaders Program, you're a mentor with that this year. Uh, how's that process been now that you're – of the of the um, point in your career where you, where you're considered a mentor, <laughs> uh, it was a, I must admit, Jane, I, I was um, a bit reluctant to to, to say yes at, in the beginning, but anyway, I was I was reassured by a couple of the the people putting the program together that it was it was going to be fine. I'm glad I did. A wonderful experience. I had a wonderful mentee um, that um, grabbed the ball and run. Uh, hasn't been demanding on me at all. Is that what you were afraid of, that you'd just get these phone calls going all the time going, Russell, what am I going to well, do I was, now? I, was, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I, I really didn't life. know what. Um, <laughs> but the the other um, program around the the ABL program that, that the mentees have been subjected to, um, aside from the mentors, has been an absolutely well-put-together program and this industry will benefit in years to come in both representation but all sorts of leadership roles from these groups and 
and they've got another couple of groups in the pipeline well, now. Well, they do. And I think the, the big, and I have to sort of say here, I am a member of that uh, cohort, but um, for me too, it was the realisation that leadership doesn't necessarily mean go and be the president of that or, you know, go and be on that board. It could, can just mean doing your business better and being better at that grassroots. My word. And, and uh, the old saying, the rising tide lifts all ships. And, and um, if these uh, participants are scattered all through the industry, then, you know, they'll be at a barbecue somewhere and they'll say, well, hang on, it's not quite right, yeah. you know. Um, it'll, it, it will definitely filter through. And, uh, yeah, in all different areas, they, um, you, you might uh, um, see some of them, you know, Build a build a business around um, promotion of the industry or something. So all the benefits don't need to tick a box. No, absolutely yeah. not. And 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 look, it is an area where industry was lacking to to mentor and to to I guess to build build on really already very good capable people. Just build on their strengths and, and cut them loose and let them have a go. <laughs> So, and I guess that that is a perfect segue into, I guess, where your business is at the moment, because you've transitioned into the next generation. And, you know, I'm sure there's stuff that happened behind closed doors that we don't need to know about. Um, But on the face of things, you've done that transition well, because you have let your children and their partners take a lead. And I've been very lucky, Jane, um, that they've, uh, as my parents did with me at, at a very early stage, I guess threw the reins at me and hoped like hell I wouldn't make too many costly mistakes. Yeah, that's the, that's uh, the bottom line, um, isn't it? Mistakes are fine <laughs> so long as they don't cost too much, but yeah. mistakes is how we learn. I've done the same and, and the, um, our children that are involved in our business have embraced what we've, what we've um, put out there and, uh, and are working their way into ownership. Uh, which is which is wonderful, and nothing's handed over. It, it's uh, what whatever they um, achieve will be from their own blood, sweat, and tears. So, and and um, and they know that. So, uh, um, but there but there is reward on the horizon. How do you have that conversation if someone you know who's listening who's just starting this process? What's your advice? Get yourself to an expert. <laughs> And a and a mediator, and uh, get them to sit down at the table and to um, play good cop, bad cop, and um, to draw out what everybody wants to do and feel, and and uh, yeah, you you cannot attempt to do this yourself. It's just like if you've got a broken down computer, don't try and pull it apart and do it yourself. Get an expert. Yeah. And did you learn something about yourself and your children in this process? Did you come out a little bit wiser or a little dazed and confused? Yeah, yeah. Um, we certainly did. We uh, Along the way, you, um, probably no big surprises, Jane. Um, probably the nicest surprise was how much they embraced the opportunity. And could appreciate what was there. Yeah, and said, well, you know, we've got the ball now, let's run. What do you worry about in, you know, for this next generation? I guess we touched on the environmental issues before, but there are a lot of external factors coming in. I I guess speaking with with our business, uh, this current generation, 
probably hasn't seen the the um, well the extreme interest rates, the extreme low cattle prices, uh, that side of the industry that I grew up in, and um, it 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 makes you cautious. So you're worrying for them because you know when it hits, it's going to be horrendous, and they've never understood it before. Well, yeah, and and I mean I I do take the time to um to, to to help them understand that it's not always going to be like this. It's not a matter of um if it's when that that uh, it will happen again. So yeah, look, it's um yeah it's a great industry to be in, and uh, and. I'm really optimistic for for both our business but for the entire future of the beef industry. And what about issues like the Australia-Chinese relationship, um, some of our overseas markets, you know, the effect COVID had on a lot of those markets? What's really pleasing to me, uh, Jane, is that that in a a blink of an eye, uh, we found alternate markets for that beef that, that wasn't um, being shipped to China very quickly. Um, those sorts of things will come back to us when supply is is much more plentiful and uh, we've got such diverse marketplace now and, and, and that just doesn't happen. That comes through years of hard work and promotion and and, uh, and I mean, it's not, not just MLA, but MLA does have a, a huge focus on, on getting our products sold. So I think that's all helping. Mm, absolutely. Now we're here because of Beef Australia. I'm going to just take a punt and assume that you're going to be attending. Definitely going. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> a whole week, I'm sure, you know, it's a massive week. What are your highlights? What do you go down for? Uh, look, it, to me, it's the, the place that, uh, um, well, from a, a producer myself, but an MLA perspective, that MLA's um, got a fair commitment there. And it, it is our chance to show what's currently available um, to the to, to producers, and more importantly, what's on the horizon, what what we're working on to make our lives um, uh, and our businesses better. So for me, yep. So you'll see the whole board there this year, and uh, we've got a board meeting halfway through. So yeah, that's it, boring. It's, uh, <laughs> So, Opportunistic, but you know. <laughs> yeah, so look, it, it's um, and a great time to talk to people. Um, it's probably a bit of shame we won't see the international visitors there this year, which um, last last time it was on, um, I really uh, I really enjoyed talking to international visitors. But I think it'll be, well, I'm excited to see how um, they are incorporated, though, because they're such a massive part of our industry, and that's just proven time and time again by the sheer popularity of that Beef Australia program. Yeah, I think you'll find it'll be beamed uh, yeah. in, into where, wherever they are. Mm. Um, so they'll be able to take part with virtually. Yeah, and, and look, and we can. there's more room. When you're watching the Grand Parade up in the international area, it yeah. won't be shoulder to shoulder perhaps. That's, that's right. <laughs> you can see what's happening. But, but it was a great place for Australia to showcase what we did mm. with our industry and uh, um, and where we're heading and, and also learn from from those um, participants that came over. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll get to hang out with your ABL mentee. Certainly will. <laughs> they've got a lot on their plate and they've been um, 
in in preparation for the for a presentation and and uh, I'm just not quite sure where it's all landed at the moment. I haven't been in touch for a bit, but it's. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll let you know. It's bigger <laughs> than Ben Hur. Um, and I guess just finally, what 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 excites you? You know, you 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 are in the know about any number of R and D projects and and exciting things on the horizon. And we've talked about the challenges, but what gets you out of bed in the morning? All of them. Um, <laughs> to me. Uh, I guess from my background, um, it's the potential to harness the um, learnings from the from gen- genomics and the genetic um, enhancement of what we do, right through from production to eating quality and all that sort of thing. So at the end of the day, we produce meals, uh, and we have to produce them as efficiently as we can. Uh, currently, we've got almost the, the most expensive cattle in the world, so. We need to take this time to be to get very good at what we do, and uh, and to make sure that that our customers are very happy, so that um, we can hang on to them and keep them satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one final question um, that everyone has been asked: Are you are you a cook? Do you do much cooking at home? Um, I'm a born again smoker. <laughs> So, so I've got four barbecues. Oh my goodness! Um, one of which is a Texas offset. Oh, it's pit. a fancy one. That's a and, proper one. And, You're never home enough and to I do this. I actually love that that um, apparatus I've got there. Yeah. And uh, so it takes a bit of perfecting. Yeah. This stuff, but uh, um, anyone can learn about it. Um, jump onto um, Samuel Burke. Our Corporate oh, Chef's yes, Facebook yes. page. I've and, spoken to Sam. Sam, yep. yeah. So, Apparently I go running with him in the morning, which I quite love the idea of, but then I'm not seeing the benefits <laughs> of it. So if you can work out some way to do that. So, so, <laughs> and, and I just like it too because it, it embraces the secondary cuts and turns mm. them into a wonderful eating experience. The low and slow movement. My word. So what do you do, briskets or? Yeah, look, briskets and, and I like rib. Yes, because uh, so you're only human. I'm only, I'm only, uh, and and that, the ribs are really hard to get good. Um, but uh, I've I've done a few humps as well. Oh, right. And, uh, and are these home butchered? They're like, all home butchered. Yep. Okay. My word. Are you? Are you? Do you still do the butchering? Yes, at I home? do. Yes. Yep. Yep. Been butchering forever. Yeah. And uh, no, I I love it. When you're choosing a beast, because obviously you're well into this whole cooking and smoking, uh, do you pick the one that maybe have previously broken the leg or isn't up to standard or whatever or are you choosing something that you actually really want to eat yeah no we we certainly try to find the the, the animal that's looks like it's going to eat the best the well, best see, condition i feel like that's a no-brainer really we really do and yeah. and age comes into it we, yeah. we try to select something under four or year old that yeah. sort of thing so um but condition's huge yeah um, they've got to be in good order right well i want to come and eat at your place then. yeah so um <laughs> I I enjoy it. I probably drive the rest of my family a little bit mad because mm. you've got to monitor the smoker, you know. <laughs> have you got the one of the ones that are on your phone, so you're on the no, phone it's all the not time? that flash, oh. but but I have got it where I can set it and leave it for four or five hours, and when I come back, Go it's still, it's still bang on the ninety degrees. <laughs> Russell, thank you so much for your time today. Look forward to catching up with everyone at B. Yes, no, we will. Thank Bye. you. Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. 
Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.